0: hey you guys know what i get to do every week is i get to come up here and i get to teach you guys and uh it's such a privilege that i get to do that because man we have an incredible band incredible worship team that works so hard behind the scenes. They get here hours before you guys ever show up, and they do such a good job just helping us become more aware of the Spirit's presence. So if you guys appreciate them, would you guys just give them a big clap, a big shout tonight for the way they serve us so well. They serve us so well, and I'm so thankful for it. It makes my job so much more fun. So, hey, anybody in here ever travel out of town before uh, for a wedding, have to go cross country or anything like that to go see one of your friends get married? Yeah, okay, maybe a few of us have, maybe some of us haven't done that yet, but uh, one time uh, I had to travel all the way up to Pennsylvania, all the way up to Pennsylvania to go to a wedding. I was the best man in this wedding, so I'm super excited to go to it, Uh, but the problem was is that summer I had a lot of different places I had to be. I was actually working out in Dallas, Texas that summer, so... I had to figure out a way to get from Virginia to Georgia to Pennsylvania to Texas and how to get all my stuff moved back and forth and everything in between. So long story short, I wound up flying up to Pennsylvania and one of my friends picked me up from the airport and then we drove from the airport to our car rental place. I was going to rent a car that was going to help me get around. Uh, while I was in Pennsylvania for this wedding. And then it was also gonna get me back to the airport so I could continue uh, throughout my journey. So I roll up to Enterprise and I go inside and my friend's like, hey man, I've already taken care of the uh, rental car fee for you. you. All you gotta do is go in there. The guy knows what to do. He knows what to give you. So I walk in and the guy's like, hey man, uh, we've got your rental car set up. We've got a 2011 silver Prius parked right outside for you. It's full of gas, and uh, I don't know, you know, some of you guys know me, some of you guys don't. Like, there's nothing wrong with driving a Prius. Prius is great, saves the environment, super fuel efficient. I- I'm just not a Prius guy, you know? Like, you guys that know me, like, no, that's just not That's just not who I am, and I, you know, I'm looking outside, I'm looking out the window at this Enterprise, and there's a brand new silver Jeep, all-terrain tires lifted, just really cool Jeep, and I was like man, is anyone written that one? Like that, that Jeep right outside, like that, like that's just kind of more me. And he's like, man, it's like 50 extra bucks. If you want that one, I was like, I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? So I roll out, like I pull out, I pull over the curb in this thing. Like, don't be like me, like in the rental car. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm, I'm following my friend and we're cruising along going through PA. Now here's the problem is I only had this car for like a few days. You know what I'm saying? And my, my main objective the whole time I was in Pennsylvania was not going through mud. I didn't go any through any mud that uh, week. It's in the middle of the summer. There's no snow. There was nothing like that. In fact, all I did was just drive it on the pavement to and fro where I was supposed to go. And what I really needed that weekend was not something that uh, was, you know, fun or something that I would like or something that maybe I would drive every day. What I really needed was that Prius because that thing was way more fuel efficient than that Jeep was. I spent, like, way too much money that weekend And gas, and the problem is, is I chose something, I made a decision, I chose the wrong vehicle uh, because I didn't really know what the purpose of that weekend was. I wasn't really looking uh, to make a selection based on what I really needed or what the purpose uh, for that time in my life was. And I think the problem is, is a lot of us in here, like guys, like last week talked to the ladies, this week talking to the guys, like we, we pick stuff, like we choose a spouse and we're looking at the wrong parts and the wrong components for the, uh, The task at hand. We're looking at the wrong stuff for the assignment at hand. And I think not only that, but guys, I think a lot of us in here, like we don't even really know what we're looking for. Like we know we're supposed to be looking for something, but we don't even actually really know what that is. It's like, we're kind of like going through the store and we're looking and we're like, I don't know what it is, but I just hope when I find it, I'll know. Like, it's just going to fall out of the sky. It's going to hit us right in the face and be like, oh, that's what I was supposed to be looking for. And the only problem is, is in real life, like that's not the way that love works. It's not like it is in the movies. And we've been learning over the past few weeks that we have very bad teachers when it comes to looking for these things in life. And we, have, uh, we look to uh, things that are online. We look to Instagram. We look to Twitter. We look to movies. We look to books. We look to whatever it is. And we have learned some very, very bad habits. And, guys, let's be honest. Like, if you're anything like I was, if you're anything like the person that I used to be, If you're anything like me, when I was so engrossed in my addiction to pornography and I was so engrossed into looking for whatever the world was telling me I was supposed to look for, like what I was really looking for and probably what you're looking for in a wife or a spouse is you're looking for someone who you've seen in a porn video that can be your roommate. Like you're looking for someone that looks like a model that you can just tolerate. And the problem is, is what we've done is we've trained ourselves to look for the wrong characteristics to look for the wrong things for the task that's at at hand. And what we have to do is what we've been doing. We have to reteach ourselves God's truth because we can't waste God's truth and we can't waste God's sacrifice. We can't waste what he has to offer us. We owe it. We owe it to God for everything that he's done. 1 Corinthians says that he paid a high price for us. We owe it to him. We owe it to our future families. We owe it to our future children. So listen, guys, I think I can help you tonight. I think I can help you tonight. I think I can help you find a spouse. Some of you guys just got super excited. There's one. I think I can help you do that. But you gotta be well. Like, listen to me, brother. You gotta be well for the task. You gotta be healthy. Sick people can't help other people until they get healthy again. Like, you've got to get healthy for the task at hand. So if you're well, if you're healthy, like, I can find, I think I can help you. I don't know if I can find someone for you, but I think I can help you. Because, listen, God loves you, and he doesn't want to leave you empty-handed. And He's not a God of confusion. And I'm telling you right now, like, you're never going to find true freedom. You're never going to find the thing that your heart yearns for. You're never going to find the thing that you want till you found it with him. And if you don't know what that means, or you don't know anything about any of that, just stay after and ask me. I'd love to talk to you about it. So if you're well, brother, listen, if you're well in your life and you're pursuing Christ in every part of your life, every piece of your being, every piece of your heart is fully yielded to him, I think I can help you. I think I can help you. So like I said, last week I talked to the ladies. This week I want to talk to the guys. So, I, if you can just humor me for a second, I know this is super weird, but I've always wanted to do this my entire life. I'm going to say, guys, are you ready to do this? And I want you guys all to respond in the deepest possible voice that you can conjure. Yeah. Okay. I've always wanted to do it, so I just need you to humor me for just a second. Okay. So, guys, are you ready to do this? Oh man, that was that was great. That was amazing. That was amazing. All right, all right. Let's do this. Let's pray. Let's pray. And, here, and we're going to pray a little different this week. I'm asking you guys to join. I want you guys to try to pray these things in your own words as we're praying. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just love you so much, God, and we're thankful that we get to come here and be in this place tonight. Lord, we want to give over every part of our hearts, every part of our minds to you. Lord, quiet our spirits, God, for anything we've had to walk through over the weekend or even this week. Lord, help us die to ourselves, God, die to our own desires. Help us give over every part of ourselves to you. Lord, help us live as godly as lives as possible. Lord, help me understand your word that you've given me tonight. Lord, we love you, we praise you. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, so here's our first verse for tonight. First verse coming on screen. Proverbs 18, 22. It says this. It says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he will receive favor from the Lord. So like I said, if you can find find her, guys, you have to look for her. You have to look for her. So I want to give you seven things tonight, seven things to go over to help you find her. All right, some of you guys are thinking, man, last week you only gave us five, you're giving them seven when it comes to women. Well, here's the thing, Pastor Grant said it on Sunday, men are simple, women are complicated. I'm just saying, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is, guys. So listen, guys, it's, it's very simple. And like I said, I think I can help you. If you are well, listen to me, if you're well, I think I can help you, okay? So we're gonna be looking at this passage of scripture. It is the, it is the hallmark of biblical womanhood. Okay, and it is, for those of you who are new to the Bible, it's in the book of Proverbs. Okay, the book of Proverbs, it's a book of wisdom. It's a collection of wise sayings. It's a collection of ways that we are to live. All right? And what it does is it, it gives us knowledge. It gives us wisdom for the way that God says, hey, this is the best way to live life. If you want life to go well for you, you live this way. It's given us kind of like with the gold standard of how we should live our life and what it should be like. It's God's best case scenario is another way to put it. But what you might not know is when we're reading a book like Proverbs, it gives us kind of generalities to look for. Okay, It kind of gives us these big generalizations to look in. So there's a little bit of flex room for how we read it and how we understand it. And I'm going to get more into that as we read through that. But I just want you to know that up front. So here's what I want you guys to do. Open up to Proverbs chapter 31 and we're going to start in verse 10. Proverbs 31 verse 10. Proverbs 31 verse 10. If you don't have your copy of God's word, you're welcome to follow along with me on the screen as we go through. The scriptures will appear for you. So, now what's interesting about this text is this. All right, in the beginning of Proverbs chapter 31, it says that it is written uh, by the mother of King Lemuel. King Lemuel. Now, what's interesting uh, is when you open up your history books, there is no King Lemuel in history. We don't know who he is, we don't know uh, where he's from, we don't know anything about him outside Proverbs 31. But what's interesting is the word Lemuel actually means literally devoted to God. That's what it means in Hebrew, okay? So some scholars think that who this person was, it was was Solomon. But what's more interesting is this section of scripture is not written by King Lemuel himself, it's written by his mother. So if it is Solomon, if he is in fact the one uh, that's being referenced here, who actually wrote this section of scripture would have been Bathsheba, would have been his mother. And she would have written this poem for her son. Now, what's interesting is you guys can't see this in your English translation, but in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it's originally written in Hebrew. In Proverbs 31, this section of Scripture, it's, it's an acrostic. So there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So as it kind of goes down, like A, B, C, D and Hebrew, she is kind of written, hey, this is a principle. It's like A, it's like B, it's like C. And she's kind of going through these letters to try to help Solomon understand what she's trying to say. So what, what, what's the purpose, what's the point of all that, guys? When we use acrostics, when we use literary devices like that, is we're trying to help people remember what it means. We're giving them an easy tool, an easy device to remember what it means. She wrote this, it came to us in such a way, God preserved it to us in such a way, saying, hey, look, you need to remember this. You need to tuck it away, you need to know it. And it's just like you have to think about this. This is, this, is a, this is a mother speaking to a son. This is wisdom coming from a mother who loves her son. So this isn't so much like the standard, like hear me, ladies. This is not the standard for women to live by. I think that this text has often been misconstrued and placed on you guys in that way. But rather, this is really a text that is given to guys to be able to say, hey, this is what you should look for. These are values, these are qualities that you should look for. These are the things that you need to consider for the task. These are things you need to consider for the the importance of this. And ladies, I understand like this text, I feel like has been misconstrued and twisted maybe more than any other piece in history. And what I don't want you to do is tune out right now and just hear 1950s America because this text isn't 1950s America. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's so much greater than that. And it's so much more than that. But I do think our society has given the term homemaker a bad phrase. They made it a bad word. They've given it a negative connotation. But I disagree with that. I, do, I disagree with that. For what point do we labor and work all day and we strive so hard every day if not to make the home better? If not to improve our life at home? Why, why do any of these other things? So, ladies, as we go through this, I need you guys to fight something for me because all of you guys are gonna be tempted to do something tonight, and it's comparison. I need you to fight comparison tonight as we go through this. So I want you to elbow the girl next to you and say, no bull, no bull. If you guys don't know what that means, just ask somebody afterwards, okay? Seriously, you need to ask somebody if you don't know what that means. Because listen, you don't have to be Joanna Gaines, you don't have to be Lauren Chandler, but you do have to be committed to Christ above all else. And you have to be committed to his church. So guys, I think I can help you. I think I can help you. So really quick, just so we can kind of recap what we've been talking about. Uh, this is the definition for what we've been talking about when it comes to dating, okay? Dating is finding the suitability of a spouse, okay? It keeps the end goal in mind, shouldn't last forever, has a timetable. This is the definition that we're working with. It's the same one that we used last week. Just wanna give you guys that as a reminder. That way we can go ahead and frame our conversation. Around that. All right? So, Proverbs 31, verse 10. Let's start. It says this Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So, the first thing that you can look for as you're assessing, the first principle you can look for, a question you can ask yourself is she faithful? Is she faithful? Is she trustworthy? Because a good way to measure faithfulness is trustworthiness. Does she gossip? Does she destroy trust? Whenever you're around other people, is she always tearing people down that are not in the situation, guys? When you're around her and you're talking one-on-one, is it always gossip? Is it always slander? Is it always about some other person? Does she say what she mean, and does she mean what she says? Because, guys, like, ladies, I love you guys, but you guys can do this thing sometimes that has been known in our culture called ghosting. Ghosting. Someone says something to you, and you're like, I don't really know how to respond to that, and you just ghost straight out of the situation. Or, in another way, this is kind of how it, it can come out in a, in a real-life situation, all right? Guy comes up to you, musters up the strength, and he's like, hey, do you want to go to Chili's with me? All right? And then immediately, in your head, you're like, wait a second, I'm not supposed to go to Chili's. I think I'm supposed to go somewhere better than Chili's. Um, but you're like, in your head, you're like, no, I don't want to go to Chili's with you. I don't want to go to Chili's next week. I don't want to go to Chili's next year. I don't want to go to Chili's ever for the rest of my life. I don't want to go to Chili's with you. But then what comes out of your mouth is, sure, I'd love to go to Chili's. And the guy's like, oh, great, this is awesome. We're going to go to, I'm go, we're going to, go to Chili's. And he texts you, hey, what about Thursday? Is Thursday okay? Oh, no, I can't. I'm busy on Thursday. All right, what about Friday? I can't on Friday. I got at work or I got a test. I got, you know, wherever I got to be. Okay, what about Saturday? Yeah, I'm actually busy on Saturday too and next Saturday and every Saturday for the rest of my life. Guys, it's not not godly. It's not godly. You got to say what you mean. Mean what you say. Ladies, above all things, like men want to be respected. It's what we want to feel is respect, and we are terrified to fail. We're terrified of failure. So, gentlemen, when you fail, you don't want someone who isn't faithful. You don't want someone who's going to gossip about you to the entire world, who's going to tear you down, who's going to sass you into oblivion. Guys, watch her words. Watch what she says. She'll tell you her story. She'll tell you who she is, the way that she talks, the way she uses her words. Guys, your relationship and one day your marriage, it has to be built on trust. You guys ever been in a relationship where there's no trust before? It's miserable. It's miserable existence because you don't know what they're going to do. And every day you spend wondering, can I trust what they say? Can I believe what they say? Are the words that are coming out are true? You don't know. It's miserable to be in. You don't want that. You don't want that in your relationship. Now, listen, gentlemen, just because you don't trust her, that doesn't mean that she's not trustworthy. It could be your issue untrustworthy people don't trust people. And that's just the reality. Because they believe that you're scheming to do to them whatever you're already scheming to do to someone else. And They can't trust you. So, I mean, if you have evidence that she isn't trustworthy or faithful, I'm just saying, all I'm asking you to do is just saying, look at the receipts. Look at the receipts. Look at the way they live their life. Look at the words that come out of their mouth. Look at the way that they treat other people. Jesus said, the tongue, the tongue is the well to the heart said that a salty spring can't bring forth fresh water. People show you who they are through their words, through the way that they live, through their faithfulness, through their trustworthiness. Second thing is this. She attentive to the needs of her home. She attentive to the needs of her home. Okay, this comes from Proverbs 31, 13 through 15. It says, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Okay, wool and flax are materials. When you put put them together, when you spin them together back then, it made a, a fine linen. All it means is she works hard at her craft. Her work is done with excellence. It's done with excellence. Verse 14 says, she's like a merchant ship bringing in her food from afar. Okay, I love this picture. Okay, the work she does, the food she prepares, it's like people who are waiting on the dock and they're watching for that food to come in. Like I'm saying, it's not like hamburger helper that's coming out. It's like that feeling, guys, that you get when you're at Texas Roadhouse and the steak is coming out and you can see the server coming out from the kitchen and you're like, I cannot wait to eat that. Like that's what the food looks like. See, you don't get that at Chili's. You don't get it at Chili's. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all. Look at verse 15. Says she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day and work for her her servant girls. Now, some of y'all, I just lost. I just lost with that statement because you're like, What? I got to get up early. I don't get up early. No, no, I'm going to stay in bed. I can't even, girl. You can't even. You can't even. Guys, you don't want the, you don't want the girl, if if you're wearing the shirt tonight, I'm not attacking you. I don't know if anyone's wearing the shirt, okay? But I'm just saying, you don't want the girl wearing the shirt that says, Namaste in bed. You don't want that one. You want the girl that's got the shirt on that says, Messy Bun, and get it done. That's what you're after, guys. I'm telling you. Like, if that's your Insta bio, like, I promise, I'm not attacking you, but just maybe reconsider that one, okay? Like, that's all I'm saying. And look, like some of you guys, like ladies, some of y'all in here are thinking right now, you're like, I, I'm, I'm not good at that. Like I'm not good at those things. I'm not good at homemaking. Well, hey, guess what? Like singleness is a great time to prepare. It's a great time for all of us to spend in a season of preparation growing and all sorts of things, all kinds of things to work on. And all I'm saying is this passage here, listen to me, listen to me. This is not saying that you've got to stay home and cook is not saying that at all. On the contrary, like, look, like, the woman in Proverbs 31, she's getting after it. She works well in the home and in the marketplace, okay? Look at what this says in verse 16. It says, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength, and it makes her arms strong. So, guys, that's what you want, a girl with big arms. Biceps, triceps, that's what you're after, Okay, you know why? Because when those kids are getting away, she can grab them and be like, "Get back in the car!" Just like that, just like one single thing. Like that's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for. No, that's that is not what it means. That's not what it means. But man, if it was, um, no, all that means is, guys, it means she's a hard worker. It means that she works with energy and enthusiasm. Okay, verse twenty-four says she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes, sashes to the merchant. Guys, she works hard. She works hard in the home. She works hard in public. And look, all I'm saying, look, all I'm saying this is what this text is teaching us. Listen, it's very simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't read into it. Every person in here, you got to eat, okay? Everybody in here, you got to eat at least three meals a day. Some of you guys are like, I get one. Three meals a day, you got to eat. So you either got to get good enough at making it to where you're like, man, I really enjoy eating this every single day. Or you gotta be good enough at your job to earn enough money to pay someone else to cook it. That's all I'm saying. That's all you gotta do, guys. You want to look for the woman who's attentive to the needs of her home. She loves kids, she cares deeply about her work ethic, she cares deeply about her craft. That's what you want to look for. Third thing, is she lazy? Is she lazy? Guys, listen, she's gonna have to do a lot of work because look, bro, like being married to you is going to be a lot of work. Like marriage is hard. It's hard. All of us in here, like we know, we've talked to people, we've seen it. You guys have probably heard that 100,000 million times. Some of you guys are probably sick of hearing that. Sick of hearing that marriage is going to be hard one day. Like here's the thing. Life's hard. Life's hard. Like every part of life is hard. It gets harder as you go. Like just living, just surviving. Like I'm telling you guys, like it's tough. I don't some of you guys I don't have to convince you of that. You're like, man, I'm living in that. I rode the struggle bus here. Like I know. Life is hard. And men, listen, that's why God said in the beginning, that's why he said in the beginning of Genesis, he said, I'm gonna make you a helper. I'm gonna make you a helper. And before you kind of just get all crazy with that and start hate-tweeting, like, man, the Bible's all about the patriarchy and all this other stuff, like, listen, listen. Okay, the word helper in Hebrew is the word ezer. You know where else the word helper is used in the Old Testament? To describe God. Whenever the Israelites are like hopelessly lost and going to starve to death in the wilderness and he appears and he says, I'm going to help you, that word Ezer pops up. Same word that describes what woman is. Same word whenever Jesus said, hey, I'm going to die. He's looking at the disciples and he says, I'm going to die. I'm going to come back from the grave. I'm going to rise again. And I'm going to leave. I'm going to send it to heaven. But don't worry, I'm sending you a helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's not a bad word. It's not a bad thing. Ladies, like I, I feel so bad because the church has done such such a bad job as of late teaching you about this, teaching on this text. Being a helper doesn't make you lesser, but it also doesn't make you greater. We're equal. First Peter chapter 3 says, we're equal. Your wife is your equal partner in life, is your equal partner in ministry. We are same rank, different roles. Same rank, different roles. So before you kind of go out and get in life, and, like, guys, like, millennials, like, we're paralyzed by life. Like, the challenges of life, like, trying to do this, like, adulting thing, pay taxes, get insurance, like, figure all this stuff out. Like, that's terrifying for us. It is stinking hard. Like, you want to consider the assignment. Consider the assignment. Consider the characteristics of someone that you want to select to help you make it through this thing. Because, listen, like, most, like guys, like, most of you in here, like, just like me, like, you're just kind of looking for someone who's, like, fun and hot that you can just hang out with, just be with. But I'm just telling you, like, when it's 4 o'clock in the morning and you have to go to work in two hours and your newborn has been crying for hours and they're throwing up everywhere, like, how hot she is isn't going to help you in that situation. It's just not. Man. Somebody just got saved in the back row. <laughs> like, can I just say, like, like, listen, like, do we invest so much in what we want in a relationship with just trying to figure out, like, who we're going to be, like, sexually compatible with? Like, do we invest, like, too much of that into that? Because, listen, like, your physical attractiveness, like, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm about to bear it to you. Like, that's the one thing that's guaranteed to fade every person in here. Like, we get uglier every day. Like, you're all going to lose the battle against gravity. You know what I'm saying? Like, one day we're not going to be as fit. Guys, our hair are falling out. Ladies, like, like the crow's feet, like, they're sneaking in. You can't stop them. Like, it's coming. It's like trying to stop the tide. Like, I'm just saying. Like, we spend so much time and energy just looking for someone who are like, man, I'm just really, really uh, physically attracted to them because I think that that's going to make my sex life with them better. And we bank everything on that. Bet the whole farm on that. Listen, the average couple spends 0.6%, 0.6% of their relationship having sex. you got to figure out something else to do for another 99.4%. So I'm just saying if it's just 0.6%, you need to consider the task, consider that there's actually a whole lot more to this thing. There's a whole lot more to what you need to be looking into than just somebody that's fun and hot. Consider what you're stepping into. Look for a partner based off the task. Look for it based off the assignment. Fourth thing, is she tender to the needs of others? Is she tender to the needs of others? Proverbs 31, 20 says, she opens her hand to the poor and she reaches out her hands to the needy. Now, keep in mind, the ideal situation, we're talking about the ideal situation. We're talking about God's best case scenario, we're talking about the gold standard, we're talking about all those things. Like I said, there's a little little space in this, like, okay, what does that mean? Well, like, because we all encourage each other, we all kind of serve people in different ways. We all have different gifts, talents, and abilities, the way that we give back to other people. But, I mean, just generalities, like, just some general things to throw out for you, like, You know, does she do things, like, does she write encouraging notes to people, does she send, like, you know, notices a friend's having a bad day, sends them a word of encouragement or or a text or something like that, and, like, guys, like, some of y'all have this idea, like, a little bit messed up, too, a little bit misconstrued, like, some of you guys in here, you're like, yeah, I've got a best friend, like, they're of the opposite gender, like, I text them every morning, good morning, good night, like, we talk all day, we FaceTime time to time, like, we hang out one-on-one, but, like, you know, there's nothing going on there, like, we're just friends, We just hang out. Like, we're just really, really tight. We're really good friends. Like, that's weird. That's so weird. Like, you just weren't, like, built for that. Like, you know, like, who you never see do that in the Bible? Jesus. Like, you never see the disciples, like, where's Jesus at? Oh, look, he's out with Mary, just out in the boat, just chilling, just them two. But they're just friends. Like, you just don't see that. Like, that's so weird. So don't try to like cloak that and hide that. I'm just trying to serve them, trying to encourage them, make them feel better. Like that, stop, stop it. Don't do that. Just stop. Just guys, ask yourself, listen, does she serve? Does she serve? Does she serve the needs of her church? If she serves the needs of her church, there's a greater chance that she's gonna be able to serve the needs of you guys' family one day, the needs of you guys' home one day. You want somebody who's gonna be a servant. You know, there's this awesome story in Genesis chapter 24. It's the story. Abraham sends out uh, his his servant, and he wants him to find a wife for his son. Okay, so the servant goes out, and he has really no idea uh, uh, who this person is going to be. He and he goes out, and he's just praying, like, "Lord, like, help me be able to accomplish this task. Help me be able to bring back a wife for my master's son. Help me be able to do this." So he goes out, uh, and he 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 grows tired, and uh, he comes where there's a lot of people uh, gathered around a well. All right, and then he goes up, and he asks. Uh, This woman, he says, hey, uh, I'm tired, it's been a long journey, and I'm, I'm really thirsty. Can I have some of your water? And this woman, her name is Rebecca, and Rebecca says, sure, here, take some of my water, drink as much as you need. Drink as much as you need. And then it says that he drank and he had his fill and she gave him more water. And while he was doing that, she went back down into the well and drew more water enough for his camels to be able to, ha- to, be able to have. Now listen, the significance of this is, is like drawing water back then was really, really like physically demanding. Okay? It was really rigorous. You had to like walk down like stairs, like stories and stories, all the way down into this huge hole in the ground. And then you had to draw water and then you had to carry it back up without sloshing it out. Like this is a hard task. But what he saw in her in that moment was this woman is a servant. She's a servant. Look how well that she's served me. She doesn't even know me. And the Lord confirmed that in his mind. He said, look, like, this will be the best partner for my master's son. Rebecca will be the best partner. They never even met, never seen each other face to face. But they just, like, guys, like, have we overcomplicated this? Like, seriously, like, have we overcomplicated this whole, this whole dating, this whole understanding thing when it was good enough to just see, like, man, like, this person will be an incredible servant. They seek the needs of others before they seek their own. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, just consider, like, man, that's who would make an excellent partner. Someone who serves. Someone who serves. Point five. Does she make things beautiful? Does she make things beautiful? Proverbs 31, 21 through 22 says this. She is not afraid of snow for her household. Of all of her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Now, like, listen, this is kind of an odd one. Um, and Like I said, this is Proverbs' this is general wisdom. But, hey, it's in the scriptures. I believe it. I think it's true. But I think what they're getting at, what he's teaching us right here is, like, she decorates. Like she makes makes things beautiful. She makes things nice to look at. She adds aesthetic to the room. It's art, it's creativity. And I think that there's two reasons why God like preserved this text for us over thousands and thousands of years for us to be able to read it and for us to understand it tonight. Is like God himself, like God is a creator. God is an artist. Like look, Outside at night, look up at the stars, look out at nature. Like, God creates things that are beautiful. He wants his creation to be beautiful. Ergo, if we are made in God's image, if we are image bearers of God, God wants us to make the world beautiful. He wants us to create things. And, like, here's the thing. Like, again, this is just generalities, okay? But generally, like, guys, like, we don't really care about what stuff looks like. Like, we're more concerned with the form over the function. Like, we just want it to work. Like, ladies, you guys are like, I want it to work, and I want it to look pretty. Like, I want to be able to look at it. I want to be able to admire it. Like, guys, like, listen, you know this is true, and you know you need this. All right? Like, ladies, y'all ever been to a guy's apartment before? Like, you walk in, and, like, the decorations, there's, like, like four big screen TVs and flags everywhere. And you're like, what, is this the decoration? Like, you go up, and they're like, there's like one picture on the wall and you get closer and like the frame is still empty. It still has the stock photo in it from the store. And you're like, what in the world? Like, not one decorative pillow, not one decorative towel. There's none of that going on in there. Like, I'm telling you, you know what the difference between a bachelor pad and a jail cell is? One of them has bars, Like, that's the difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, ladies, listen, you know this is true. Like, there's been a point you went over to a guy's house, you went to a guy's apartment, and you had to go to the bathroom, and you took an Uber to Wawa. Because you opened the door up to that thing, it's like a biological hazard in there. You're like, there is no way I am going inside that. That is not happening. It's not happening. Ladies, listen, I'm not telling you, look, you don't have to be, like, you don't have to be Joanna Gaines. That's not what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to be, like, this amazing artist. You don't have to feel like you should, like, have to beat them out or anything like that. Like, all this text is trying to teach us is, look, like, steward your resources well. Steward the home that God gives you well. Steward the things, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, all the stuff that he gives you. Steward it well. Do not waste it. It's a gift from God. Guys, it's what you're looking for. Someone who's not going to waste it. Someone who's not going to waste the limited resources that God lets you have. That God gives you. You want to steward those things well, and I think part of that is making it beautiful, making it look aesthetic, because that's who God is. He's a beautiful creator. He makes stuff out of nothing. Point six. Is she sensible in preparation? She's sensible in preparation. Proverbs 31, 25 through 27 says this, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well at the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Preparation means to plan while implying wisdom. Preparation means planning while implying wisdom. And Listen, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying she's got to be OCD and like controlling over every single situation in your life. In fact, I would avoid that like the plague and like I would avoid chilies. That's the fifth chilies joke of the night. All right, you guys are keeping track, okay? Like guys, like like she like she's helping you like prepare. Like she's helping you prepare for the storms and the seasons of life that come when you're least expecting it. Okay, she's helping you prepare for that. She's storing up grain for the winter. Like you catch my drift? You catch the idea? of What we're getting at right here? Like she's not constantly like giving over to like manies and petties and happy hour and stuff like that. And like ladies, listen, I'm not against a little bit of self care, but like going to happy hour every day at four o'clock and smashing martinis is not it's not self care. Like, that's alcoholism, okay? Guys, she's a planner. She's a planner. She helps you plan for the seasons of life. She helps you prepare for the things that are coming. Like, she's, like, you know, got, like, the calendar out. She's got the planner out. She's got 31 different highlighters. They're all different colors. I guess one for every single day of the week. Like, she's, like, coordinating things, planning things. we got to get this done. By this time, we got to make sure we get this paid. By this time, like, she's helping you do that. Like, guys, we ain't got no planner, Okay, like some of you guys got like a dull pencil and a Chipotle napkin you're writing notes on tonight. Like guys, like you need, like we need help. Like we're just running around, we're like, dang, I had a dentist appointment two weeks ago. <laughs> like I got a thousand dollar piece of equipment in my apartment, that, or in my apartment, in my pocket that will literally help me remember things. All I have to do is ask it to. I can't even remember to do that. You know, like. Guys, like, again, like, ladies, like, you don't have to be perfect. That's not what the, the, the text is teaching you. It's not, that's not what it's saying. It's just saying she manages her resources well. And that includes time. Time's a limited resource that we get. And once it's spent, it's gone. You don't get to do it over again. You don't get to play it back. So part of stewarding everything well is stewarding your time well, stewarding your resources well. Because we don't get to do it over again. We don't get time that's wasted. We don't get it back. Last thing is this. Last question to ask you guys is this. Is she yielded to God? Is she yielded to God? Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now this one is a non-negotiable. Remember last week we talked about single-issue disqualifiers? This is a single issue disqualifier. The wisdom of God values the fear of God over chemistry. You guys see that? Like whatever you think chemistry is, like it's not as valuable as finding someone who lives in full submission to God in every part of your life. Like voyage, like what if, like what if it was this simple? What if it was this easy? What if it was as simple as being the most godly person you can be and finding the most godly person you can find and marrying them? Like, what if it's that easy? What if it's that simple? What if we really overcomplicated this? Because for all of our compatibility tests, for all of our dating apps, for all of our insider knowledge that we get from the Internet, like, the divorce rate is still 50%. And that doesn't even count people who stay in, like, a loveless marriage. They're sleeping in different beds. They're, they, they don't love each other. They don't care about each other. I bet it would be much higher if we could count those people. Like, what if we've just overcomplicated this thing? Did you guys know that uh, the creator of eHarmony, he was in an interview a couple of years ago. You can Google this. Uh, and, sh- and shockingly, he said something that kind of really rocked uh, everyone's world. He said, you know, compatibility, what we've discovered in couples who actually meet on our website, take our compatibility test and meet online, uh, who actually get married and then stay married longer than two years, like, what we've discovered is, like, the compatibility tests usually don't matter. Like, what they score on these compatibility things has little to nothing to do with the fact that if this couple makes it. What matters is if they have the same core principles in life. That is the X factor. That is the key underlying thing for two people making it. It's, do they have the same core principles? Like, what if God isn't trying to rip you off? Like, be the godliest person you can, and dude, resolve in your heart that you're going to marry the godliest woman that you can find. What if it's that easy? Many of us in here don't want to do that. We don't believe that God has our best interest in mind. Brother, I'm pleading with you. Like, I'm begging you to listen right now. Like, God's not trying to rip you off. He's trying to set you free. His word is true. It's authoritative, and it's life-giving. Don't exchange the truth of God for a lie and choose to worship things that are created instead of the creator. Believe in that what your heart truly desires. What your heart really wants, what you've really been wanting, what you've really been aching for, is your heart wants to go home wants to be with its creator. Maybe you've been running your whole life and you don't even know where you're going or you don't know where you want to go. You just hope that you find fulfillment when you get there. Like you're just hoping it's just going to hit you. Like you're just going to know. Like once you get there, like, oh, that's it. That's what I've been wanted. Listen, Seneca, a Roman philosopher in the third century, said this. If one does not know to which port he is sailing, no wind is favorable. If you don't know where you're going, you're never gonna have any direction. You're never gonna have any fulfillment or sense that you're even going the right place if you don't know where you're going. And can I just suggest that every turning point in your life was God trying to shift you back to himself, trying to shake you, trying to get your attention, trying to say, wake up, I have a grand plan for you. I have something amazing for you Plan. He can raise the dead, he can heal the sick. Listen, God can make something out of nothing. He's not just a great teacher, he's the son of the living God. He's the Messiah, and he didn't stay in the grave, and he didn't stay dead. But he came back. Came back to life on the third day. He rose again, and he appeared to many, many people. First Corinthians, it says, Paul says, hey, go ask. There's over 500 people who saw him who were alive. And those 500 people told someone who told someone who told someone who told someone who eventually told you. Like Jesus is so much bigger than this box that you keep trying to put him in in your life. And he can do so much more and he has so much more to give you and so much more knowledge to speak into you if you would just let him. If you would just open your mind and open your heart to to listen, to hear what he has to say. Listen, Jesus did what you can't do. So follow him. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Swear your allegiance to the one true king. It will cost you everything. It will cost you giving up your life. But Jesus said, for those who give up their life for me, they will gain it. Those who will be last will be first, but those who are first will be last. You guys know what that means? It means you've been running everywhere but God your entire life. And it hasn't worked out for you. And now you see the goodness and the kindness of God and you want God to bless you and you want him to show you your purpose in life and you want him to show you favor, but you also want to continue going the same way that you've been going. But that's impossible. That's illogical if you think about it. How can you continue to do the same thing over and over and over yet get something new? You can't. Man, and that's why the prophet prophet Isaiah prophesied and he said, behold, God's doing a new thing. He's doing something brand new. He wants you to be a part of it. That new thing is through his son, Jesus. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to live, and he's going to live the life that you want to live so bad, but you can't. He's not going to have flaws. He's not going to have pain in his life like you have. And he's going to do what you can't do. And when he dies, he is going to make a bridge so that you can go straight to God. So you can finally have and finally discover all of these things that you've wanted and that you've strived for. But here's the thing, is you can't keep going the way that you want to go so bad. Because if you're honest with yourself, you know it hasn't worked. You have to turn. You have to turn around. You've kind of stop going that way. Because Jesus got a new way for you to go. And you got to start going that way. That's what it means to repent. It means turn around. Like, you got to turn around and believe, like, man, Jesus is who he said he was. And he has an amazing plan for your life. And he wants to do incredible things through you. But, man, God can only use those who give every part, every piece of their being over to him including their desires when it comes to love, dating, and marriage. Even our deepest, most desires, I feel like we still think at night when we lay down in our beds, God, I really don't know if you know what's best for me. I really don't know if you do. But let's just take God at his word. Let's take the author of life, the author of love as word. So as the band comes forward, listen guys, I'm telling you, like, she can nail points one through six tonight. She can be incredible at points one through six. But if you don't have seven, if you're not, if you're not fully yielded to God, if you're going to take a pass on that, if you're going to take a skip on that, like, I'm just telling you, I don't think you're settling for God's best. I think you're settling for the less than ideal. Ladies, like, if you're thinking tonight, like, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not what you said. I'm not what that text said. I'm not that, like, good news, like, I'm not either. And you're not, and no one in this room is. But man, Christ is. Christ was perfect in your place. And you can have his perfection if you believe in him. Guys, you're not looking for perfect. You're looking for someone who's pursuing Jesus in every area of her life. You're looking for someone who's serving her church like it was her own family. Like, that's what you're after. Like Jesus made it really simple love God, love your neighbor. Guys, that's what you want. You want the girl that loves God with every single piece of her heart, with every fiber of her being, with every action that she commits, with every word that she says. Ladies, that's what you want. You want the man that loves people the way that God loves him. Like, What if we've overcomplicated this thing? What if we've made it too difficult? So, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to take some time to cry out to God tonight. I want to take some time to talk with him. I want to take some time to ask him, God, would you show us some of these things? Would you show us how I'm falling short? Would you show me the area of my life I haven't given over to you? So, hey, why don't you guys join me in prayer for just a few minutes? I want you guys to ask God, 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 would you show me an area of my life I haven't given over to you? Would you pray to God? Would you ask Him, Lord, Lord, would you help me believe that you're not trying to rip me off? Lord, that you really are trying to give me something better.